one conversation can change your life forever. I mean, we really remember our story, our own personal history in seasons. You don't remember every single day, everything that you did. When you look back, you kind of remember periods of time. But all of us can look back at single conversation that were uh, defining moments, conversations that forever altered our lives. I, I believe that you are in need of a defining moment conversation. I know that, that I am. And Jesus is, he is the king of those moments. I mean, it's, it's crazy as we come into this text this weekend and we're starting this series on defining moments that even as a nation, we're in a defining moment. I'm so sad to learn of and watch racism and violence uh, and, and riots happening in, in Minneapolis and really across our, our nation as we react to really injustice. And Jesus reacted to injustice. He had a voice. If you call yourself a Christian and you are a follower of Christ, then we should all have like a, a reaction or a voice about injustice that we see. Jesus did not come to bring answers, but Jesus came as the answer to the world. And Jesus is the answer to our defining moments. And one conversation with Jesus can change everything. And a conversation I would have us look at right now, it, it really kind of falls into this. I mean, Rome's motto was, let justice be done, though the heavens fall. This was the empire of Rome's motto. It doesn't matter uh, who has done a crime or what, has, what, what the consequences could be if we bring justice. Rome's kind of, the thing that they were after is we can only exist as an empire if we truly love justice. Forget the consequences, let justice reign. And it's in, it's in that environment that Jesus comes face to face in a conversation that's a defining moment with the ruler over all of Israel. He's been appointed by Rome. His name is Pontius Pilate. Pilate was a real person. Uh, he was governing in the area of Rome, and we found archaeological evidence that proves that he existed as a real person. John's Gospel in John 18, starting in verse 28, records this. And what's crazy is uh, there's, there's an angry mob. There's Jesus, and there's a conversation that happens, starting in verse 28, that's a defining moment. It says this, Before dawn, they took Jesus from his trial before Caiaphas to the Roman governor's palace. Now the Jews refused to go into the Roman governor's residence to avoid ceremonial defilement before eating the Passover meal. So Pilate came outside where they, they wanted and asked, where he wanted and asked them pointedly, tell me exactly what is the accusation? that you bring against this man. What has he done? This is a tense weekend annually in the history of Israel. It's the largest festival of the Jewish, the Jewish faith. They're celebrating what God has done in bringing, bringing God's people out of Egypt. Many are coming to the city of Jerusalem to be at the temple to worship. Tensions are high. Rebellions are always happening. And so being in charge of this this area of the Roman Empire, there's, there's going to be a lot of extra troops. There's going to be extra precautions. And the one who's in charge of governing land is going to be there present to make sure they get through the weekend peacefully. So as they bring Jesus, as these religious leaders are bringing Jesus to, to Pilate, Pilate is not 
expecting an exchange. He wants to just deal with this issue and then move on with the weekend. So he asks pointedly, as it says here in the Passion Translation, exactly what has this man done? They answer, we wouldn't be coming here to hand over this criminal to you if he wasn't guilty of some wrongdoing. So verse 33, Pilate went back inside his palace and summoned Jesus. Looking him over, Pilate asked him, are you really the king of the Jews? This is the, the first question of a list of questions that is going to happen in this defining moment with Pilate. And for us today, for you, this is probably the question that, that we come to Jesus with. Are you really the king of, of this people? Have you descended? Are you the, the son of the true God? Are you, are you the king of the Jews? What Pilate's actually asking is, what's going on here? Jesus makes this very personal for Pilate in the same way that he makes this very personal for you. When you encounter a defining moment and a conversation with Jesus, Jesus immediately gets very personal with Pilate and you. What's crazy is in the midst of Jesus' own suffering here, he's got time. I mean, this is hours before Christ knows that he will hang on a cross and die. He is not talking to Pilate as a governor. He's talking to Pilate as a person that has to decide who Jesus is. I love that about Jesus. It's exactly what Jesus does with us. Despite your circumstances and all of the things you're worried about, Jesus comes to you, the person, and says, who do you say that I am? Are you really the king of the Jews? What's actually going on here is what Pilate's trying to get down to. Pilate is not yet freaked out. What happens next is what starts Pilate getting a little bit freaked out. I mean, this is a guy who's in charge, definitely. I mean, no one's wondering. He, he, he has no reason uh, to, to, to start to get on his back heels and really the tables to be turned from Jesus going on trial to kind of Pilate going on trial. But Jesus gives an out-of-this-world answer. What's crazy about this is the answer that Jesus gives Pilate is still perfect for us as if we're setting knee to knee with Jesus right now, having a defining moment conversation. Here's how Jesus answers the question, are you really the king of the Jews? It happens in verse 34. Jesus replied, are you asking because you really want to know or are you only asking this because others have said it about me? Pilate responded, only a Jew would care about this. Do I look like a Jew? It's your own people and your religious leaders that have handed you over to me. So tell me, Jesus, what have you done wrong? Jesus gives an out-of-the-world answer. And his out-of-the-world answer comes right into Pilate's life. And it's going to continue here. But there's a few things that Pilate throws up that we throw up. You know, some of Pilate's reactions to Jesus' answer are, I, I don't, I don't, I kind of don't totally have to care who you are, right? He's like, I'm not a Jew. This seems to be your, your issue with your people. And when you first encounter Jesus and the claims that Jesus makes that Jesus says he's the son of God, Jesus says that he came to forgive you of sin and that you have sin in your life and that you need Jesus. And the only way to eternal salvation, to live forever with God in a real heaven is through him. These are the claims of Jesus. And when we encounter those claims and the person that Jesus is historically and claims to be today, some of our reactions are, hey, I, 
I don't care who you are because it doesn't seem to have an impact on my life right now. There's this initial pushback that Pilate gives. Another one of the things that we say is, there's got to be something more to this. What have you done, Jesus? What's the backstory? What's really going on here? What are these other motivations that you probably have in your scenario that made you say all those things 2,000 years ago? What was really going on is what Pilate asked. I mean, Pilate's got spies. He's heard about Jesus and his miracles. And many of the Romans said, this is just superstition. We've got lots of gods. Gods are nothing that's new to us. And they didn't like run around going crazy because they heard that 5,000 people were fed on a hill and the, up by the, the Galilee Sea. This out-of-the-world answer to Pilate met Pilate's worldly skepticism about the things he had heard about Jesus and about what he was really seeing in Jesus in this conversation. Jesus looked at Pilate and said, the royal power of my kingdom realm doesn't come from this world. If it did, my followers would be fighting to the end to defend me from the Jewish leaders. My kingdom realm, my kingdom realm authority is not from this realm. Jesus gives an out-of-the-world answer to Pilate, and Pilate wasn't fully ready for that. So Pilate hears what he says, and he responds, so then you are a king. So then you are a king. Now what happens next, this, this exchange in this conversation, is what is thought to be one of the most profound questions ever asked. It's majorly debated here. The question that Pilate asked has been asked by so many skeptics and so many philosophers through the ages that as soon as you hear it, you're going to be like, oh my goodness, I even know what tone to put on that. Here's what happens. Jesus replies, you are right. Jesus said, I was born a king and I have come into this world to prove what truth is really is. And everyone who loves the truth will receive my words. Here it is now. Pilate looked at Jesus and said, what is truth? What is truth? Now the the debate around this is, what was Pilate's attitude when he had that? In this defining moment conversation, was Pilate's attitude like, man, what is truth? Like, man, nothing's true around me. The whole world is made up. I make up stuff. I use propaganda. We define what truth is by telling people, by using our, our tools. I mean, they had tools back then to define truth for the people they subjugated. And was that Pilate's, was that Pilate's kind of attitude in this moment? Or is it the opposite? Is Pilate in this moment saying, what is truth here? No, truly, what is truth here? I love the next line. And it happens a couple of times. The very next line is this. As silence fills the room, Pilate went back out to where the Jewish leaders were waiting and said to them, he's not guilty. I couldn't even find one fault with him. I mean, just get this moment in this intense, life-changing conversation. Jesus, he again says, I come from another realm. I come from heaven. I was born a king. And people who really want truth, who really are looking for truth, when they hear my truth, their ears are going to tell them it's true. They're going to know that it's true. And Pilate looks at him and says, what is truth? And then silence happens. 
John 19, 1 through 16, it continues. Pilate ordered Jesus to be brutally beaten with a whip of leather straps embedded with metal. So Pilate's had a little bit of a conversation with Jesus, has him beaten. We know from the other gospel accounts in this time, at some point he goes to meet with Herod as well. John's gospel completely concentrates on this one conversation over the course of a few hours between Jesus and Pilate. Verse 4 of chapter 19, it says, Once more Pilate went out and said to the Jewish officials, I will bring him out once more so that you know I found nothing wrong with him. So when Jesus emerged bleeding, wearing the purple robe and the crown of thorns on his head, Pilate said to them, look at him, here, here is your man. No sooner did the high priest and temple guards see Jesus that they all shouted in a frenzy, crucify him, crucify him. Pilate replied, you take him then and nail him to a cross yourselves. I told you, he's not guilty. I find no reason to condemn him. And there's this tension between Jesus and Pilate where they're having a private conversation and people from the outside are trying to tell Pilate what he must do as he encounters Jesus. But his encounter with Jesus is so different that he finds himself kind of in a rock in a hard place with what the world wants him to do with Jesus and what he feels himself compelled to do with Jesus the person. You know, his answers, like our answers, are really the, the same. Here's what's so great about a defining moment. We can see how Jesus interacts with people and put ourselves right into that. And we react the same way. Pilate says, somebody else needs to deal with Jesus. I mean, for us, a lot of times we try to push it off. I don't want to deal with Jesus. And we admit, just like Pilate did, he's not guilty. He was a good man. He did nothing wrong. I have no beef with him. I have no business with him. But that's not an acceptable way out of the question of, do you say that he's the Lord? and a king, and your savior. It's sidestepping the real conversation with Jesus that defines the moment. What do you say Jesus is? Is he a liar? Is he truly the son of God and your Lord? Or is he just a crazy person? The Jewish leaders in this moment shout back, we have the law, according to our law, he must die because he claimed to be the son of God. Verse eight, Pilate, was greatly alarmed. When he heard that Jesus claimed to be the son of God, this information to Pilate puts Pilate on his heels, like I said earlier. This is where we see the table start to turn and we see a lot of pressure put on Pilate. We know from Matthew's gospel that Pilate's wife had sent him a message warning him to stay clear of Jesus and even indicating that she had encountered Jesus in dreams. Pilate is now starting to understand that something bigger is going on here. Something, something awesome is happening here. Verse 9, he took Jesus back inside and said to him, Where have you come from? But once again, silence filled the room. Perplexed, Pilate said, Are you going to play deaf? Don't you know that I have the power to grant your freedom or nail you to a tree? Now, there's a spiritual principle at work here. When God gives us truth and revelation and we don't acknowledge that truth and that revelation, he falls silent. 
For many of us, we've gone to God and we've sought, where are you at in my trial? What's going on? And we've, we've tried to shake the tree and really shake God and say, give me answers. I want to know who you are. And God reveals his truth to us. God shows us who he is through his son, Jesus. And when we don't accept that and we come back to God again and say, I want answers, God goes silent. Because the answers he's already given us, we've not listened to. Jesus has already answered Pilate about who he was and where he came from and his innocence. And Pilate doesn't want to deal with that. And so when Pilate asks Jesus for more answers, Jesus just sits silent. Verse 11, Jesus finally answers, You would have no power over me at all unless it was given to you from above. This is why the one who betrayed me is guilty of an even greater sin. Jesus is answering this accusation to Pilate saying, don't you understand that I've got power? Jesus comes back with, you need to understand where real power comes from. And it's not in this room. It's not with the powers that man has given you, Pilate, or you as you listen today in 2020. Jesus says, real power comes from above. From then on, there's this change. Verse 12, from then on, Pilate tried to find a way out of the situation to set him free. We don't know all of the things that Pilate was doing with his assets and resources to try to free Jesus. But it's clear in this conversation that Pilate wants Jesus to be free. The Jewish authorities shouted him down. If you let this man go, you're no friend of Caesar. Anyone who declares himself a king is an enemy of the emperor. So when Pilate heard this threat, see that's a threat to Pilate and his, his rule over this empire, over this part of the Roman Empire. He relented and he had Jesus who was torn and bleeding brought outside. Then he went up the elevated stone platform and took his seat on the judgment bench, which in Aramaic is called Gabbatha or the bench. It was now almost noon and it was the same day they were preparing to slay the Passover lambs. Then Pilate said to the Jewish officials, look, here is your king. But they screamed out, take him away, take him away and crucify him. Pilate replied, shall I nail your king to a cross? The high priest replied, we have no other king but Caesar. Then Pilate handed Jesus over to them. So the soldiers seized him and took him away to be crucified. There's so much happening in this incredible account of this exchange between Pilate and Jesus. The big question for Jesus for Pilate is what will Pilate do with Jesus? The big question for you today when you have a defining moment conversation with Jesus is what will you do with Jesus? One conversation can change a life forever. I believe that the conversation that happened between Pilate and Jesus was a personal one. A lot of the art that we have depicts a ton of people and they're ushered from these private moments of conversation to a public spotlight. They go into an inner room and there's a conversation between the two of them. Maybe there's a guard or two, but it's a smaller, more intimate conversation. And then they go out to the pressures, right? The world kind of moving in on Pilate. And all of these things that he's trying to, to balance. He's not 
guilty, he says. Three different times he declares to the world, this man's not guilty. See, the problem with that is it's a far stretch from he's my Lord. See, there's something going on between Pilate and Jesus, not just Pilate and him trying to keep his job, him trying to do what's right by Rome. I mean, Pilate's trying to juggle all these things, and Jesus keeps bringing it back to just Pilate. I mean, in fact, Jesus has cared enough that there's been some interaction between Pilate's wife and Jesus, even in her dreams. Pilate is trying to find some loophole out of the decision. And I ask the question today, is is there a moment in your life where you've had a face-to-face conversation with Jesus, but you found a loophole out of it? Or you found a way to say, he's not guilty, he's a good man, I like his teachings, but that's a far step from you saying, he is my Lord. Pilate's trying to appease the crowd by just having Jesus beat. Have you tried to maybe appease some other people and not really answer the question of what are you going to do with Jesus? It's a little bit, it's a little bit eerie, but it happens two times in the text in this conversation where it says silence filled the room. When you hear that question today, what will you do with Jesus? when he's clearly told you who he is. And the only way to get to the Father and have eternal life is through him. And silence starts to feel even this moment right now. Pilate ultimately in in this snapshot gave in. We don't know historically what Pilate and his wife later decided concerning Jesus. But I know that one conversation can change a life forever. If you've been giving some of the same excuses that Pilate gave, trying to get out of really coming face to face with Jesus and deciding if he is indeed your Lord or not, then just sit in the silence for a moment today. You can look the historical Christ and his claims right into the eye you can let one conversation change your life forever. We would love to meet with you and help guide you, usher you, be a friend, walk with you through that conversation with Jesus. If there's any way that we can do that, please let us. We're taking appointments. Even this week, we can meet face-to-face with you. You can make an appointment to speak and talk with the pastor if you go to our website, Generation CC Online, right now during this season. Quite frankly, we're just trying to to keep the main thing the main thing and to be the church. Our nation is crying out for answers. And Jesus himself is the answer. And a conversation with him could change your life in awesome ways forever. So sit in the silence. And then make an appointment to talk with one of us this week. Because we'd love to. This is your time.